reading tonight from Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. Acts chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. While you're turning, just a recap. This morning, of course, we realize at least seven of the original 12 apostles were fishermen. Their skills and equipment were utilized by the Lord in his ministry in that they went a lot of places by the boat. It's always the boat. Which boat is it? Simon's boat. We started with that this morning. Uh, and in the early church, of course, their skills and, and of, uh, character traits that they developed while being fishermen were used uh, to get a good start to the early church. Matthew was a tax collector. We know that. And his familiarity with the tax collectors and other associates was very useful in reaching the unchurched population uh, in that area. Also, his accountant's mind, remember he was a tax collector, his accountant's mind produced a masterpiece, the Gospel of Matthew. And scholars agree it is a masterpiece in organization and, of course, with Old Testament references, and he anchors everything to the Old Testament, uh, his mind was useful not only at that time, but for centuries later, we still benefit from his work. We don't know what the trades and occupations of any of the apostles were. There'd be about, about four that we don't know about. Uh, we know that everybody had a trade, even your most uh, esteemed rabbis, You'd think it'd be professional uh, theologians, traveled place to place. Everybody had a trade. Uh, a Jewish boy learned a trade, so we know the other four. Uh, but we do know what Paul did. And we'll look at that just a little bit as we were talking about what the apostles did that we know of. We do know what Paul did as a trade, and that's in Acts chapter 18, verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So, because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them at work, for by occupation they were tent makers." And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his raiments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there, entered into the house of a certain man named Justice one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians, believing, uh, hearing, believed and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. For I am with you, no one will attack to hurt you. I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them pray together. Father, we thank you for the details in your word. We thank you for the importance of these details, how they apply to our lives, and help us to see that. We ask you to make that clear to us 
how the things written on these pages are important for each and every day uh, for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We know what Paul did. They were by occupation tent makers. Now, I want to look at, first of all, the particulars of this occupation because there was quite a bit involved here. Yes, he did make tents. You might say, well, what kind of demand could there be uh, for tents? Because you do know that they were in metropolitan areas. You were right here in the big civilized part uh, of Greece. Uh, but tents were used extensively. Of course, we know by shepherds. There were quite a bit of them down in Israel. But also, they were used extensively by travelers. Travelers, uh, especially the long-distance caravans, the trading caravans to the east. They called them the spice merchants, and they came from the east, and a lot of times they traveled by, of course, camel, and they would pretty much stop where they could to rest for the night. We know, of course, that it was quite a bit of miles between civilized Greece and the east. There was a lot of uninhabited area. So these guys would pack everything with them. And you see a lot of this still in the Middle East when you see these big tents out in the desert and so forth. We're not talking about a little pup tent. We're talking about basically what looks like, you remember when, uh, when we were kids and built the forts out of the big blankets. Well, that's kind of what it looks like, except they've got ropes and they've got poles and everything. And so we know that he made tents, obviously, and the best ones were made of a canvas called Cilicium. It was made out of a canvas called Cilicium of a special type of goat's hair. Now, Cilicium is named because of the region where these goats came from. These goats came from the region of Cilicia, and it's right there where this fabric was woven into tents. Now, it gets even more interesting when you realize there is a town in Cilicia right in the middle of this region where all this goat's hair is woven up into this fabric that's the best fabric for the tents. That town is Tarsus. And you remember, Saul of Tarsus became Paul the preacher that was also Paul the tent maker. So we know he comes from where tents were made. And he learned this craft, scholars believe, as most Jewish boys did from his father. But you didn't just make tents. That would be just kind of a, a, a corner of, a, of an industry there. Also made curtains. Uh, and you might say, well, wait a minute. Who had curtains, you know, because a lot of people just had simple houses. Well, you made curtains before the people who had better houses. And hangings in that a lot of times they would partition off rooms with a fabric wall. And so we realized there was a lot of of demand for this kind of thing. And then there was another thing that tent makers did. Uh, scholars say tent makers just didn't handle fabric. They did leather work. And leather work could be used in agriculture, in industry, and a big, big customer of leather work was the military. Because they used a lot of leather in the protective gear for their soldiers. So Paul would have rubbed shoulders with a lot of different people with his occupation. Now, that's the particulars of the occupation. So what's the usefulness to the ministry of the gospel? This morning we looked how useful 
the fishermen's traits were and how useful, of course, Matthew's associates were. Well, this occupation became useful to Paul in two different ways. First of all, his personal needs. Now, you do a little bit of homework and you see that it just says simply that he arrived in Corinth. But that's not where the journey starts. We know back in chapter 15, he arrived alone in Athens, in chapter 15, verse 14. Excuse me, it's, it's, uh, it's chapter 16, verse 14. He arrived in Athens alone. It says, uh, 17, pardon me. Immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens, having received a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, and they departed. So in chapter 17, verse 14 and 15, it says they left him alone in Athens. So he's all by himself in Athens. Well, there's another problem in Athens. He finally gets to talk to the people in town, all the intellectuals, all the movers and shakers. They finally had an opportunity to talk to him, and he preaches a brilliant message in Athens. But if you look in verse 42, uh, 32 of chapter 15, uh, 17, verse 32 of chapter 17, it says, When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked while others said, we'll hear you again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed, among them Dionysus, the Arachbagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others were with them. So some believed, but basically, the whole town just pretty much shrugged him off. And so Paul walks from Athens to Greece by himself. And he hits town by himself. It's a 53-mile walk. After quite a bit that goes on, if you notice in chapter 16 with the Philippians and so forth, you have the riots and that kind of thing. Finally, he's all by himself. He writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Verse 3 says this, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Paul was not in good shape when he hit Corinth. He was not in good shape at all. Uh, he had had some very tumultuous days on the road, and he was left alone. and went to Athens, and the people of Athens just pretty much brushed him off. He didn't have any results that he'd been seeing in other places, and now he walks all the way to Corinth. He was all by himself. He writes to the Thessalonians from Corinth, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 7, In all our affliction and distress, we're comforted in you. Affliction and distress. He, he wrote that from Corinth. But because of his trade, he meets Aquila and Priscilla. He meets Aquila and Priscilla, and he starts working with them because of his occupation. And he makes some of the best friends he had ever had. 
and that he would have. So his occupation brought him to the right people at the right time when he really needed them the most. But how would his occupation help with the spread of the gospel? Well, you have to do a little bit of homework. First of all, he went to Corinth. And it's right there where it says specifically he worked his trade as a tent maker. Corinth had a long time ago surpassed Athens as the commercial and political leader in the region. It was the main city in Greece. Now, we think about Athens, Greece being the capital city. Corinth was the city. It was the commercial uh, and the merchants and the business capital of that part of the world. Its geography is very interesting. Greece is made up of kind of two sections. You have the southwest section right over here, and it's connected to the main part of Greece right over here, and it's like a pumpkin with a stem on it. And surrounding this pumpkin, three oceans. It's the Aegean Sea, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Adriatic Sea, major shipping seas. And it's connected right here by a little stem. Now, to the northwest of Greece is, of course, a harbor, a harbor called Lycheum. And Lycheum is on the northwest of the Adriatic Sea. So here we are. It's up there. We got a harbor here, a good harbor. Then over here on the southeast side is Sincrea. It's a great harbor on the southeast side. Now, these harbors are right here on this little narrow strip, great harbors. The Mediterranean Sea all the way around the rest of this peninsula is very dangerous to sail. The currents, the weather, 200 miles. So here's what would happen. Ships would unload at either one of these harbors on either side of this stem. This stem is just three and a half miles wide. And there was a road that went from one harbor to the other. And they would unload the ships and all the cargo would pass on this road right through Corinth and go to the other harbor, back and forth, back and forth. Or, it was quite interesting, if it was a small enough vessel, they had a special roadway with rollers and they would pack that ship up and get it out of the harbor, and they'd roll it across that roadway about three and a half miles. It's roughly from here to just the other side of Emerson. There'd be slaves and so forth and all that were, that were rolling those, those ships through there. And so all of the commerce between those two seas and those two seas connected to the rest of the world came through that narrow strip where Corinth was. Now, somebody might say, why don't they build a canal through there? Nero, who was in power about this time, started one. You know when it was completed? In 1893. So that was no good to him. So we realize all of this was going right through there. All the traffic through both seas, all of it went right through Corinth. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The road that they traveled on was the main road that went past all the tradesmen in town. 
the Apostle Paul, scholars say, would have had his shop right on that road. All the tradesmen in town were on the main road where much of the travel of the world was going by. And he had an open air. Now, this is where he spent his life six days a week. It says he reasoned with the Jews in the synagogue every Sabbath, one day a week. But we know the Apostle Paul did not limit his ministry to one day a week. For six days a week, he was out there in his tent-making shop. You know who was passing by his tent-making shop? The rest of the world. Oh, one more major product that the Apostle Paul made. Tent-makers made tents. They made leather goods. They made curtains. You know what else they made? Sails for merchant ships. What would happen is he didn't have to just flag them down and decide to talk to them about Jesus. They were coming to him. Every one of those sailing ships just about always needed something repaired. They always needed something replaced. So the, the whole commercial industry of the world was marching right by the Apostle Paul's shop. And the Apostle Paul was rubbing shoulders with people that he would never see otherwise if he wasn't a tent maker. So his occupation put him in the right place at the right time to make friends with somebody when he needed them the most. And his occupation enabled him to connect with people he otherwise wouldn't connect with. And instead of Paul, of course, we know Paul traveled to the uttermost parts of the earth, but even when he wasn't traveling for a year and a half, the uttermost parts of the world were coming right by him and sometimes to him. And I'm sure the Apostle Paul never missed an opportunity because it might take a time to make that sale and to make that repair. And if you'll sit down there, I'll do it while you wait. What would he do while they waited? Well, he'd tell them about Jesus. So we understand his occupation was not just something he had to do to pay the bills. It didn't interfere with his ministry. It became part of his ministry. Is there anything before we close? Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Thank you for coming today.